I want to be very sensitized and very much caring about sensibilities because what I feel in my heart that I know for certain I must share is a type of global behavior that needs to be permanently stopped and it can and it should never happen again mindbodygreen.com MBT contributed by Emmy Boskamp expert reviewed by Nicole Birkins PhD CNS what is rape culture 10 examples of what it looks like. I'm going to read this very, very slowly because I want to make sure that I'm fully sensitive to the topic at hand. Again, what is rape culture? 10 examples of what it looks like. Here are the examples. So I'm not just saying words just to say them. I'm saying what is written because it needs more than just a conversation it needs active participation most of all says disgusting why would she do that what a slut last updated on March 30th 2020 Rape culture isn't just about offensive brat chants, fraternity, if you will, and the above the law pedestal on which we put celebrities, movie makers, and sports stars. Here's how to define rape culture and clear examples of rape culture all around us. Uh, what is rape culture? Rape culture is a culture where Social attitudes and institutional systems treat sexual assault as normal, trivial, or even expected, thereby enabling sexual assault to be committed with more frequency and without consequence. For example, when a college fraternity's members erupt into a jaunty chance of no means yes, yes means anal, it not only trivializes rape, but encourages it. Rape culture is a deeply ingrained societal issue that combines these obvious problems with more subtle ones, like how women are taught to prevent rape more than men are taught not to rape. Here, we again see rape being treated as something that's normal and expected. Importantly, just because you're not a rapist doesn't mean you don't contribute to rape culture. Examples of rape culture. Note, this list focuses on rape committed by men against women because it is the most prevalent kind. Though we only look at one very specific type of sexual assault in the story, rape is also often committed against men. Women rape and trans people experience disproportionately high rates of sexual assault. So, number one, rape jokes. Making light of sexual assault is a clear example of rape culture. When we laugh off fraternity chants like no means yes, yes means anal, by making the excuse that quote-unquote boys will be boys, we're supporting rape culture and trivializing an important issue. Sure, jokes are jokes, but when the butt of our jokes are victims of unspeakable trauma, we're unnecessarily reopening people's wounds and suddenly sending a message that what they experienced is not that big a deal. Moreover, when we make rape into a punchline to be laughed at, it makes it harder to take real rape accusations seriously. And we don't take rape accusations seriously. It makes rape more permissible. Two, slut shaming. When we criticize or shame people for having sex, we're validating people who 
say that women quote unquote ask for it, also known as deserve to be raped, by wearing revealing clothing or having a lot of sexual partners. We might think we're a sex positive progressive person, but we've all contributed to rape culture by calling someone else's dress a little slutty. Let me address that. I have never misjudged a woman or a girl for what she wore. Because I was too busy focusing on her humanity. Um, it's, it's never crossed my mind to look at a woman or a girl and to demean her for her outfit or attire. On the contrary, I treated them right no matter what they wore. Because sometimes I could be downtown or I'd be out in public and you lock eyes with somebody and you just start talking. Or you wave at people and I was always kind. In fact, a lot of them told me, thank you for treating me as a person and not letting what I wear cause you to be mean. Thank you for always being polite to me. So I am a sex positive progressive person. I'm also a sex positive liberal person too. So as an as a person who has experienced forcibly against my will, forced to endure rape culture at the age of five. I understand the pain to a lot of extent what women are experiencing because I experience um, the rape culture that harmed women in my presence. And I would still be just as outraged even if I didn't experience any of these traumas against my will. Even if I didn't experience women and being traumatized in rape culture that, that I witnessed at five, I would still be just as adamant against rape culture. Uh, number three, blaming victims. Victim blaming means blaming the victim for what was done to them. For example, some people claim that if a person gets raped while drunk or while wearing a villain clothing, it's their own fault. The underlying belief here is that rape is a normal part of life, and if you don't protect yourself from it, you deserve it. This issue falls directly in line with slut shaming. When people ask questions like, what was she doing there, or how drunk was she, they imply that rape is expected in certain situations. Again, these questions normalize rape and blame the victims for the actions of their perpetrators. When we don't hold perpetrators accountable for their actions, we allow rape to continue unrestricted. Jacqueline White, PhD, Emer Emerita Professor of Psychology and Senior Research Scientist at the Center for Women's Health and Wellness at the University of North Carolina Greensboro explains why we do this. It's hard to accept that men we think we know who seem like nice guys could do something so horrific as rape. So society tries to come up with excuses. If then becomes easy to blame the victim when quote-unquote women are already devalued across the board. Instead of delving into deeply rooted societal issues, it's easy to say she was fair game, quote-unquote, rather than dethrone the captain of the football team he couldn't have, quote-unquote, or controlling the way women dress. Critical social psychologist Kristen Bauman a PhD says we continue to we we continue. I'm sorry. Critical social psychologist Kristen Bowen PhD says we contribute to rape culture, quote unquote, when we create school dress codes for teenagers because apparently the natural female form is, in parentheses, 
distracting for male students and teachers. Um, this reinforces the idea that women must present themselves in a way that caters to the male GAZE gaze. Women must act as if men are looking for reasons to take advantage of them, and we assume that men, quote unquote, can't help themselves around a woman showing skin. Five, violating people's privacy. If a woman shares an intimate photo of herself with someone she trusts, a form of rape with that person and shares it with other people, it's a violation of the woman's body. So in a TMZ article that reveals the nude photos of Jennifer Lawrence without her permission, it's our job not to click. She shouldn't have sent it. It's not an appropriate response. The issue lies with the person who took advantage of her and those of us who choose to look. Six, objectifying women. When we objectify women, that is, treat them like objects instead of people, we send a message that women are less than human. And if they're just objects rather than humans, it makes sexually it makes sexual assault against women seem more acceptable. I'll put it in a harsher but more compassionate way. Basically, the message is that women are not human beings when we objectify them. We make women not human. In fact, we're anti-human when it comes to women, meaning the objectification culture that women are forced to endure, unfortunately. The music industry does a lot of things. Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines is a classic example, but we see it across all genres. Country singer Luke Bryan said he enjoyed chasing every girl that wasn't fast enough in his, in his song Bad Brothers. It's easy to think, oh, a song is just a song, but when rapper Snoop Dogg says, I need to brace myself for this. This is not going with how I talk. Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Lick on these nuts and suck the dick. In a song that's considered the anthem of the 1990s, you can't deny that it affected a generation of minds. When people use this kind of language, it teaches women that their bodies are there to be consumed, explains Bowman. And it teaches men that women are primarily objects of consumption. Women apparently exist to be used. And of course, this issue isn't confined to just the music industry. Bad behavior happens every day on the streets of New York City. No, calling a woman sexy on the street is not a compliment, weird cat caller. You're, you're enforcing the idea that she's walking past you for the primary purpose of your enjoyment. Number seven, putting the responsibility on women to prevent rape. At the end of August, an 18-year-old student accused of raping a 15-year-old student at the Elite St. Paul School in New Hampshire was found not guilty of felony sexual assault charges. However, he was convicted of having sex with a girl who was below the age of consent. Although this case sparked national attention, it was brutally unremarkable. It, it, it involved a tradition in which senior boys tried to score, in quotations I put, with as many underclassmen as possible before graduating. The girl was too young to give consent and she felt pressure in doing so. She didn't want to cause a fuss, but much of the public response was along the lines of, she didn't make it clear that she didn't want it. She didn't say no. How's he supposed to know? It is both parties' responsibility to get a, a definite yes. Even if she told you in a text she wanted to perform oral sex on you, it was super flirty all night. That doesn't mean she is obliged to have sex with you. She could say yes in the beginning, enjoy having sex with you, they want to stop in the middle and you have to. And she's not a quote-unquote bitch for quote-unquote leading you on. It's her right. Unfortunately, for the most part, high school sex ed classes across the country either don't educate their students about consent or take more of a no-means-no approach instead of what they should be teaching. Yes means yes or affirmative consent. Also, you know, that's also known as enthusiastic consent which means that a yes is necessary for consent and any lack thereof should be interpreted as a no. We are teaching people that boys slash men are natural aggressors who always want sex and that the onus is on girls slash women to keep boys slash men's unrelenting urges in check, says Bowman. 
teaching lessons this way positions girls as quote-unquote gatekeepers and ignores their autonomy and sexuality. Hiding female sexuality creates a culture which men's sexuality appears natural and unstoppable and women's appears pathological. After all, in our society, women are generally only either quote-unquote prudes or quote-unquote sluts and neither one of these is quote-unquote desirable. Let's teach everyone not to rape instead of teaching girls how not to get raped. There's a few ways to teach boys to respect women plus how to raise feminist boys. I'll definitely be going back to these articles in future episodes, so I'll explain that later. Eight, not educating our kids about sex. When older figures aren't educating us about sex, younger people are seeking answers through Google and finding porn. If we don't have open, healthy discussions with our children about sex and consent, they'll think that pornography, which shows a lot of exaggerated, aggressive, and sometimes violent behavior, is what sex is supposed to be like. Not all porn is bad, explains Dr. Walter DeCaserity, director of the Research Center on Violence, professor of sociology at West Virginia University. But most pornography involves one-sided sexuality, which the man dominates and degrades the woman. Nine, pressuring boys and men to quote-unquote be men. Our culture's obsession with hyper-masculinity is an issue. From a young age, boys are taught to be dominant, and if their masculinity is threatened in any way, say if someone says quote-unquote no to them, they're supposed to get angry. As Bowman explains, hyper-masculinity also expects that men want sex at all times and have the ability to go out and get it whenever whenever they please. Too often male friends pressure one another to quote unquote close the deal and if they come back empty handed they're looked down upon maybe even called a <sighs> myself again pussy or a bitch. Furthermore, according to the Caserity Research has shown that these types of all-male groups, quote-unquote, encourage, justify, and support the abuse of women. Raising boys without toxic masculinity is necessary in rape culture. I'll be definitely re, um, remembering this article so I can go back and talk about more things later. I definitely will. I have not forgotten. Um, number 10. Teaching girls to always be polite and apologize. In stark contrast to men, women are taught from a young age to apologize for who they are. If they want to present a counterpoint, they're told to start with, I'm sorry, but I think so as to be polite. Men, on the other hand, are told to put their foot down and take a firm stance. In fact, two studies by the University of Waterloo in Ontario and published in the journal Psychological Science back in 2010 found that while men are just as willing as women to apologize, they had a higher threshold for what they felt they needed to apologize for. The 15-year-old girl who accused St. Paul's Owen Labray of rape said in her testimony that she didn't put up a struggle because she wanted to be quote-unquote as polite as possible. And no, that's not her fault. Society expects women just to take it or else were teases. God. I, it, it's hard to read some of this stuff because Normally, I don't talk like this. Ball busters or bitches. Clearly, rape culture is a multifaceted issue, but if we become more aware of how we're all contributing to the problem and change the way we've been trained to think, we're headed in the right direction. Let me make this... I'm going to be so direct in how I feel about rape culture. I hate slut shaming i hate blaming victims i hate controlling the way women and girls dress i hate violating people's privacy i hate objectifying women i hate putting the responsibility on women to prevent rape i hate not educating our kids about sex i hate pressuring boys and men to be men i hate teaching girls to always be polite and apologize i hate teaching women to always be polite and apologize um i hate mean-spirited rape jokes i hate that um, I hate evil spirited rape jokes. I really hate that. Um, I hate the object. 
I hate objectifying girls too. I hate that. I hate putting responsibility on girls to prevent rape. I hate that. I hate not educating our adults about sex too. I hate pressuring girls and women to be women. I hate that. Um, Whew. Rape culture. What is the rape culture? Rape culture is an environment in which rape is prevalent and which sexual violence against women is normalized and skews in the media and popular culture. Rape culture is perpetrated through the use of misogynistic language, the objectification of women's bodies, the objectification of girls' bodies and the glamorization of sexual violence, thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety and girls' rights and safety. Rape culture affects every woman and every girl. The rape of one woman and one girl means degradation, terror, and limitation to all women and all girls. Most women and girls limit their behavior because of the existence of rape. Most women and girls live in fear of rape. Men and boys in general do not. That's how rape functions as a powerful means by which the whole female population is held in a subordinate position to the whole male population, even though many men don't rape. And many women and many girls are never victims of rape. This cycle appears a legacy of rape culture. Um... Examples of rape culture. Blaming the victim, she asks for it. Um, trivializing sexual assault, boys will be boys. Sexually explicit jokes. Tolerance of sexual harassment. Inflating false rape report statistics. Publicly scrutinizing a victim's stress, mental state, motives, and history. Gratuitous gendered violence in movies and television, defining quote unquote manhood as dominant and sexually aggressive. I'll add, defining boyhood as dominant and sexually aggressive. Defining womanhood as submissive and sexually passive. I'll add, defining girlhood as submissive and sexually passive. Pressure on men to quote unquote score. Pressure on women to not appear quote unquote cold Assuming only promiscuous women get raped. Assuming that men don't get raped or that only quote-unquote weak men get raped. Refusing to take rape accusations seriously. Teaching women to avoid getting raped instead of teaching men not to rape. How can men and women combat rape culture? Avoid using language that objectifies or degrades women. Speak out if you hear someone else making an offensive joke or trivializing rape. If a friend says she has been raped, take her seriously and be supportive. Think critically about the media's, think critically about the media's messages about women, men, relationships, and violence. Be respectful of others' physical space, even in casual situations. Always communicate with sexual partners and do not assume consent. Define your own manhood or womanhood. Do not let stereotypes shape your actions. Get involved. Join a student or community group working to end violence against women. This is Marshall University. Um, and a lot of people, like myself, I remember my mom's brother was teaching me to be sexually violent against women and I never listened to him. Oh, you know, yeah, overpower her. To show that you a man. I never ever did that. I never hit him when he ordered me to do it and he struck me and you know, the women uh physically defended me by hurting him and hitting him. Uh, uh, not being funny. 
at all. That's just, my mind is blown right now. So you do have a lot of men who try to teach boys to be rapists and to rape. Um, and that's, that's a problem. Um, I hate all those examples of rape culture. And I like to be direct. When they talk about sex explicit jokes, they talk about the mean spirit or the evil spirit of kindness. Let me get to this. Um, examples of rape culture that I hate. I hate blaming the victim. I hate she acts for it. I hate trivializing sexual assault. I hate boys will be boys. I hate mean-spirited, evil-spirited, sexually explicit jokes. I hate tolerance of sexual harassment. I hate inflating false rape report statistics. I hate publicly scrutinizing a victim's dress, mental state, motives, and history. I hate privately scrutinizing a victim's dress, mental state, motives, and history. I hate gratuitous gendered violence in movies and television. I hate defining manhood as dominant and sexually aggressive. I hate defining boyhood as dominant and sexually aggressive. I hate defining womanhood as submissive and sexually passive. I hate defining girlhood as submissive and sexually passive. I hate pressure on men to score. I hate pressure on women to not appear cold. I hate assuming only promiscuous women get raped. I hate assuming that men don't get raped or that only quote unquote weak men get raped. I hate refusing to take rape accusations seriously. I hate teaching women to avoid getting raped instead of teaching men not to rape. And here's what I love. I love avoiding using language that objectifies or degrades women. I love speaking out if I hear someone and anyone making offensive jokes or trivializing rape. I love that if I know somebody that says they've been raped, I take them seriously and I'm supportive. I think critically about the, I love thinking critically about the media's messages about women, men, relationships, and violence. Alright? I love being respectful of others in physical space even in casual situations. I love always communicating with sexual partners and not assuming consent. I love defining my own gender identity. I do not let stereotypes shape my actions. Um, I'm working on getting more involved, joining a positive group of positive people, working to end violence against women, just in general. And my way of doing that is speaking out. The first thing of activism is speaking out. So eventually, the more I speak out on these things, the more people contact me to be included in stopping these things. So that's what I love about my podcasting. I talk so I can walk more than talk. I put myself and my thoughts out there so people can hit me up and say, hey, we need your help in fighting injustice. Join us, and we're going to help you join us so we can continue to stop injustice the rest of our lives. So that's why I'm speaking out. Because somebody's in the podcast like, oh, we need your help. And I appreciate that. Right, okay, unh.edu, University of New Hampshire. Rape culture. What is rape culture? Rape culture perpetuates the belief that victims have contributed to their own victimization are responsible for what has happened to them. How does rape culture impact survivors? Rape culture is defined as stereotype false beliefs about rape that justify sexual aggression and trivialize the seriousness of sexual violence. Rape culture has a negative impact on survivors serving as a silencing function for those who wish to share their narrative. This environment breeds a culture of victim blaming, see below, where individuals are judged and perceived as being responsible for what has happened to them. Specific statements such as they asked for it wasn't really rape. They didn't mean to or they liked it are common beliefs that are propagated in our society to reinforce blame toward the victim. Individuals who adapt to these rape myths are more likely to assume responsibility to the victim for the rape and may perceive that the trauma associated with the rape is less severe or believable. Based on this phenomenon, our society continues to alienate survivors 
making it less likely for them to come forward, share their story, or report to law enforcement or academic institutions for fear of being held responsible. What rape culture means. One out of five American women has survived an attempted or completed rape, but survivors are doubted, shamed, and harassed. Rape cases are not being reported. Only a third of all rapes are actually reported. If a survivor does report, police might not investigate. Tens of thousands of rape kits are sitting untested across the U.S. Prosecutors often refuse to take up cases that the police do recommend. Fewer than four in ten cases are never prosecuted. If a rape case does go to trial, survivors often be traumatized by the process. Defense attorneys often blame and shame survivors on the stand. People think rape survivors are making it all up. Six percent or less of charges may be false. The students think up to 50% of rape reports are fabricated. And even if a rapist is convicted, he can receive an extraordinary life sentence. Only 3% of rapists spend even a day in jail. This is from Ultraviolet. We are Ultraviolet. No, no, Violet. Violet, I'm sorry, Ultraviolet. We are ultraviolet.org slash rape culture. What is victim blaming? Victim blaming is a devaluing act that occurs when the victim or victims of a crime are held responsible in whole or in part for the crime or crimes that have been committed against them. Examples. I was strongly encouraged not to follow I was strongly encouraged not to file a police report as this family provides a lot of support to college. The panel of students and professors found that it was a misunderstanding. It's hard to believe it was really an assault. You don't have any bruises. You aren't expressing any emotion, so it must not have happened. That skirt is too short. No wonder you got raped. You walk through a dangerous neighborhood. What did you expect? You're openly lesbian. No wonder you can't get jobs. You outed yourself as trans on a website. No wonder you're discriminated against. Those are all just... I just gotta keep it real. That is just dripping with pure evil. All those words are pure evil. Just pure, just pure evil. I can't make it any clearer. I had to say it because that's just on my heart. And anybody who says that, <sighs> needs sensitivity training, diversity training. They need to take classes and courses because they are uneducated. Myths and facts, myth. False allegations of rape are common. Fact, estimates put the number of false reports around 2%. This is no higher than false reports for any other crime. Myth, men can't be raped. Fact, men can be and are sexually assaulted. Men in same-sex relationships often face the most stigma and prejudice. Gender roles dictate that males are expected to be strong, self-reliant, able to quote-unquote fend off an assault. Um, myth. Most sexual assaults are committed by strangers. Facts. 90% of sexual assaults are committed by someone the victim knows. Myth. Domestic violence usually only happens in married couples. Fact. One out of a third of all high school and college age people experience violence in an intimate or dating relationship myth. If they didn't struggle or fight back, then it wasn't sexual assault. Fact. Submission does not equal consent. A lack of no does not mean yes. Myth. Victims provoke sexual assault by flirting, wearing sexy clothes, or getting drunk. Fact. The belief that a victim can quote-unquote provoke a sexual assault is built on the idea that perpetrators cannot control themselves. Myth. Once consent is given to sexual contact, it cannot be withdrawn. Fact. Consent is not a binding contract that relinquishes all subsequent decision-making power and gives a person complete control over another's body. 
How can I help? Examine which aspects of your own beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors need to be challenged. Avoid using language that objectifies. Educate yourself. Do not let stereotypes shape your actions. Participate in education and outreach opportunities to spread awareness to others. Reach out, speak out, name injustices, be an active bystander. You can help. Build community with people like us and people different from us. Be a role model and ally. Volunteer for SHARP. Transform systems using your sphere of influence. Take care of self. Always communicate with sexual partners and do not assume consent. Let survivors know that it is not their fault. Those are the ways that I do my best to help. Okay. Eight Examples of Rape Culture in Your Everyday Life by Casey Baker, April 18, 2016. As most of you know, rape culture is the normalization of sexual assault and violence. And here in the 21st century, rape culture is so widely accepted that the concept of rape is often treated as trivial. This can be seen in the obvious examples, such as victim blaming and catcalling, but, it, but, it, but in this culture, it runs much deeper than you think. Here are 10 ways that rape culture has infiltrated your everyday life. One, let's start with the obvious. Your skirt is too short. Any other comments that teachers, parents, or authorities have said to you in an attempt to reinforce a sexist dress code? This is a common example that you can hear up to multiple times a day and it loses the idea that your clothes can convey that you are quote-unquote asking for it. And what you're wearing can determine the validity and what you are wearing can determine the validity of your rape. Two, another obvious and previously mentioned example of rape culture in your everyday life is catcalling. We all know this one. Whistling or shouting something often sexual at a woman as they walk by. Catcalling is a device used by men to assert their dominance to remind women that they're able to evoke fear in us and there is nothing we can do about it. Catcalling can often be traumatizing for the victim and makes them feel unsafe being out in public alone. Three, Here's one that you might not have thought of. Ignoring or refusing to acknowledge when your favorite celebrity or athlete is a rapist or has committed domestic violence is an extremely toxic part of rape culture. The media often chooses to ignore when famous people commit these crimes, partnering them or coming up with excuses. Fans do the exact same thing. The allegations against Woody Allen have been long forgotten. He has enjoyed a career as a successful actor. John Lennon has admitted to being abusive to women, and he remains one of the most admired musicians ever. Uh, four, two words, rape jokes. In 2016, for some reason, there are still people who find these funny. Personally, I've never understood the humor behind these crude jokes, but I know plenty of people who do. While it's obviously not okay to joke about little and traumatic and illegal experience, the real problem with rape jokes is that they validate rapists. If rape is something we're going to joke about, then it's often translated to something that we are okay with. A lot of rapists might not even realize that they're rapists because they live in a society that treats their crimes frivolously. Similarly, a lot of victims might not realize they are victims because they live in a society that treats their trauma frivolously. Five, assuming that most rape cases are false cases is a form of victim blaming. How are victims supposed to feel safe and unashamed when coming out about their trauma if they're going to be accused of lying? Only two to eight percent of rape accusations are false, which means that 92 to 98 percent of rape accusations are true. Stop assuming that the victim is making it up. Six, believe it or not, some of your favorite songs contain lyrics or themes about rape. 2013's number one song of the summer, Blurt Lines, anyone? Or the classic Baby, It's Cold Outside? Obviously, there's a long list of songs that support the idea that consent is optional and sex is violent, but these seem to be two of the most prominent and two of the most popular. Seven, even the slang language we use is misogynistic and violent. Insults that are used to degrade boys are actually degrading to girls. For example, Son of a bitch, pussy, and motherfucker. And on top of that, the language used to describe sex is violent. Two, bang, nail, screw. This violent language has become normalized, but if you step back and think about it as objectively as possible, it's repulsive. 
Eight, and let's finish our list with the most prominent and most toxic form of rape culture. We teach girls how to avoid getting raped instead of teaching boys not to rape. Boys need to be taught self-control and they need to be held responsible for their actions. If consent is not if consent is not enthusiastically and clearly expressed, it's not consent. Ultimately, rape culture is a very prevalent thing in our society. It surrounds us whether we know it or not. This culture that has been created and normalized throughout the years teaches us that victims This culture that has been created normalized throughout the years teaches us that victims are to blame and survivors are liars. Wait a minute, let me put it in the most grammatically way possible. This culture that has been created and normalized throughout the years teaches us that victims are worthy of blaming and that survivors are considered liars. This culture justifies crimes due to high status. This culture regulates our bodies. This culture regulates our bodies and silences our voices. Rape culture is toxic. It is dangerous, and unfortunately, it is everywhere. Um, this is Affinity Magazine. Dot us. Um, this was written by Casey Baker. Okay, now we go to. Rowreview.org. 25 Everyday Examples of Rape Culture by Shannon Ridgeway, March 16, 2014. This originally appeared in Everyday Feminism. We published here with uh, permission. So. I want to read the everyday feminism version first, then I'll read the other version. Editor's note, while this list demonstrates the pervasiveness of rape by cis men against cis women, everyday feminism would like to know that sexual violence and rape culture affect trans and gender non-conforming people as well as cis men at an alarming rate. R-A-T. Rape culture is everyone's issue regardless of gender. Chances are, as feminists and other liberal-minded people, most of you have heard the phrase rape culture often used in feminist circles and it describes a very important social condition that we experience culturally. But how many of you know what it actually looks like? In reading through feminist forms of articles online, particularly in articles about rape or sexual assault, I notice that sometimes in the comments section people make statements about how rape culture is just a phrase that's made up to make men look bad or to make it seem like rape is something that happens far more often than actually does. And given after reading these comments, I could have easily dismissed them as just simply fodder, F-O-D-D-E-R, written by online trolls and gone on with my day. But it really got me thinking. Perhaps some people truly don't understand what rape culture is. After all, if you're hearing the phrase for the first time, it could be really confusing. We understand the word culture from a sociological or anthropological viewpoint to be things that people commonly engage in together as a society, ranging from the arts education to table manners. And we find it difficult to link the word rape in, in with that concept. We know that at its core, our society is not something that, we know that at its core, our society is not something that outwardly promotes rape as the phrase could imply. That is, we don't after all commonly engage in sexual violence together as a society. To understand rape culture better, first we need to understand that it's not necessarily a society or a group of people that hourly promotes rape, although it could be. When we talk about rape culture, we're discussing something more implicit than that. We're talking about cultural practices like that, yes, we commonly engage in together a society that excuse or otherwise tolerate sexual violence. We're talking about the way that we collectively think about rape. More often than that, it's situations in which sexual assault, rape, and general violence are ignored trivialized, normalized, and made into jokes. And this happens a lot, all the time, every day. And it's dangerous in, in that it is counterproductive to eliminating sexual violence from society. So what exactly does rape culture look like? How does it present itself? Well, to see what I'm referring to, take a look at the examples below. Because if we don't understand the meaning behind the concept of rape culture, or if we have a skewed interpretation of the meaning in our minds, we may find it easy to deny its existence. And you may think that some of these examples are isolated one-off situations, but in reality, they're part of a larger societal trend. Um, that is rape culture. Warning, these are not easy to digest and as such might make you uncomfortable, but seeing examples are necessary to comprehending fully what we mean 
when we think about rape culture. Okay, rape culture is one, a university in Canada that allows the following student orientation chant. Y is for your sister, O is for oh so tight, U is for underage, N is for no consent, G is for grab that ass. When I breathe, I'm having a rough time. Two, pop music that tells women you know you want it because of these blurred lines of consent parentheses. Three, a judge who sentenced only 30 days in jail to a 50-year-old man who raped a 14-year-old girl who later committed suicide in parentheses and defended that the girl was quote-unquote older than her chronological age. Four, mothers who blame girls for posting self- Four, mothers who blame girls for posting sexy selfies and leading their sons into sin instead of talking with their sons about their responsibility for their own sexual expression. Five, photo memes like this. Six, supporting athletes who are charged with rape and calling their victims career destroyers. Seven, companies that create decals of a woman bound and gagged in order to, quote, unquote, promote their business. Eight, people believe that girls, quote, unquote, allow themselves to be raped. They will say the same thing about women, too. Nine, journalists who substitute the word sex for rape as if they're the same thing. Ten, politicians distinguishing legitimate rape and saying that rape is something that God intended to happen, among other horrendous claims. Eleven, calling college students who have the curse to report their rapes flyers 12 the ubiquity of street harassment and how victims are told that they're quote unquote overacting when they call it out 13 victims not being taken seriously when they report rape to their university campuses 14 rape jokes and people who defend them 15 sexual assault prevention education programs that focus on women being told to take measures to prevent rape instead of men being told not to rape. 16. The victimization of hospital patients, especially people with mental health issues in the elderly by the very people who are there to protect them. 17. Reddit threads with titles like, you just have to make sure she's dead when linking to the story of a 13-year-old girl in Pakistan being raped and buried alive. 18. Reddit threads dedicated to men causing women pain during sex. I'm not going to get the three thread credits by linking to it. 19. Twitter hashtag to support accused rapists and blame victims. 20. Publicly defending celebrities accused of rape just because they're celebrities and ignoring or denouncing what the victim has to say. 21. Assuming that false reporting for sexual assault cases are the norm, when in reality they're only 2 to 8 percent, which is on par with Grand Theft Auto. 22. Only 3% of rapists ever served in a day in jail. 23. Women feeling less safe walking the streets at night than men do. 24. 1 in 5 women and 1 in 71 men have been reported experiencing rape. 25. The fact that we have to condition ourselves not to use violent language in our everyday conversation. And the list could go on because examples of rape culture all around us, they permeate our society at individual one-on-one levels as well as institutionalized structured ways. That is after all exactly how oppression works. I hope that after reading through the above examples, you have a clear understanding of what it is meant by the phrase quote-unquote rape culture. Moreover, I hope that you're more likely to believe in its existence and want to fight for its eradication. Because now that you know what it is, you can look to, you can work to find ways to prevent it. What are some other examples of rape culture too? Um Hmm. Hmm. Um I have to make a part two of this. And rightfully so, I'm going to have to make a part two of this because I can't mention all this without constantly pausing. So I just want to say I take 
the concept very seriously, I do. This also helps me to grow in my sensitivity towards women and girls and to sex crimes and to sex criminals in general. Um, There's a difference between satire and mean-spirited jokes, okay? One is not to desensitize us. The other is to sensitize us, right? That's what I mean when I say satire. It's not meant to desensitize. It's meant to sensitize. Well, joking because of misogyny and misandry and, you know, homophobic, transphobic, just joking out of that. Is That's cruelty. That's the cruelty I was talking about. Um, also, it's okay to talk about something in any kind of way as long as it's about warning again warning about cautionary tales of what happens when you say or do certain things it's the same thing as edutainment you know yes people are learning and growing while you're giving them something attractive to really vibe with so I don't mind people talking about rape in those kind of ways in the form of satire, uh, cautionary tale warning, and edutainment. Not being entertained by the pain, but okay, what you're saying is really moving me to do better. The entertainment part could be a type of musical melody like, yeah, I may be bopping my head, but the lyrics are the most in my head and the melody is the least in my head. It's like if we're creating lyrics that are pro-survivor and anti-rapist. Yes, the music may have you move to the beat, but you're the move most to the lyrics of that beat. So I don't mind any and all things being talked about as long as it's in the frameworks of satire, cautionary tale warnings, and edutainment, right? Because they're all healthy for us. And we're not being entertained by anybody's pain. And an entertainment means you bob your head or you groove a little bit but you're not grooving or bobbing your head to garbage. You're moving and bobbing your head to the wisdom that the lyrics, that the words, that the verses, that the chorus, that the presentation is inspiring to do in terms of positive character lifting. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. And so that's what I wanted to say.